Hello, everyone, and welcome to Critnet. Here we have one of our players. Say hello, Elliot. Hello, everybody. Uh, and he is going to be introducing who he will be playing in our grand adventure. Uh, Elliot, why don't you give us uh, your character's name and a bit about him before we jump into a little story with him? Well, I think I'm doing uh, Humval. Uh, no great uh, measure of grandoise by introducing him myself, when I think he could do it a lot better. But that's kind of his little shtick, is that he's this uh, he's this very lovable rogue from like the deepest, darkest pits of the southern sandlands. And he's coming out of there from mercenary work, just trying to trying to get his claws into the, into the rest of the world, get some more money, send it back to his family. All right, all right. Well, with that and a little bit of backstory, Humval, you have found your way onto a trade caravan heading south towards Everrain. The midday sun is bearing its brazen heat around you, making most cover themselves with the best they can to hide themselves from its rays. But you find yourself comfortably familiar to this kind of heat and pay it little mind. The driver of the cart, of which you are currently on, is also who has employed you. An elven man named Calden Wickweed. He has employed you to act as a scout and lookout on his trade caravan, the Luxidin Caravan Company, in exchange for payment and travel to Everrain, and eventually the capital itself, Hopal. With this in mind, you've been traveling for about three days southward. It's another about day and a half travel to Everrain. Uh, not much has happened, you haven't seen very much at all. Uh, but ergo your duty, why don't you make a perception check to see how this day will go. That is a 16 on the die for a 22. Amongst the midday sun and quiet clacks of the caravan moving forward, you do see something beginning to edge over the uh, far horizon to your left, eastward. It just seems to be what looks like a, a trail of smoke being kicked up by something in the distance. It looks far enough away that doesn't seem to be heading in any particular direction, but it does catch your eye. Hmm. It takes about an hour of continuous traveling to realize this seeming uh, dust cloud is keeping pace with you, going in the same direction. And you recognize that around here there are several gangs that have always been hunting for various caravans. This being a well-known trade route, this seems a little more than coincidence. Hmm. Humval will wave down the caravan leader. All right. You are sitting right next to him. Uh, and right. <laughs> uh, so as you wave in front of his face, he just... Uh, what? What? Uh, pardon me, my good sir, but it appears we have attracted unwanted attention. Uh, from where? Well, what are you looking at? Uh, eastwards. They, this is the dust cloud just over there on the distance. As he kind of squints his eyes and, and looks looks closer. Uh, what, what, what exactly are you seeing? I don't, I'm not seeing much. Uh, please trust in me, my good sir. Uh, they have been following us for the better part of about an hour. And the gangs in this area have been known to do this. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, well, what do you suggest to do? Uh, you're, you're kind of the guide here. Well, unless you're open to open conflict, I would say we break away from the main trail, cover our tracks, and hide our wagons. Uh, well, okay. Uh, uh okay. And he, you see him start motioning back, 
uh, to the rest of his caravan. There are about six covered wagons in this full caravan, and each one of them being pulled by several scrawlers, these kind of three-humped lizard-like creatures. And as they begin to turn off of the rather unbeaten but beaten path, you make your way down behind what looks to be kind of a raised dune in the nearby vicinity, covered in various types of prickly and dead and decaying plants. With that in mind, do you try to hide the caravan in any particular way? Uh, Well, first I was hoping that I could trail behind and make sure that there were no fragments from the wagon wheels or any fecal matter (laughs) from the scrawlers. Okay, Uh, make a survival check. See how well you can discern and hide these. Ooh, not fantastic. That is a 12. 12. I mean, amongst the ruts and various other pieces and parts of this ground, you cover the things that look like they'd be most telling of a large caravan traveling through. Uh, do you meet back up with them after you do this? Uh, yes, I do. After you meet back up with them, they're all just kind of quietly laying low. The lizards are kind of like glad for the rest and laying down on all four of her excuse me, all six of their legs and just kind of panting in the midday heat, trying to keep a little bit of a little cooler than they are expecting at the current time. And you see that little, little trail of dust in the distance and you just kind of belly on the ground, keeping an eye on it. It begins to grow a little larger, but it's still moving forward in the, like in the direction you were going. And so it seems to be moving to intercept where you're going in general. What do you do? So no matter what, they're going to be at our destination at their current pace. It seems they've not accounted for you stopping. It seems they're going to be meeting you about a mile out. So they may or may not, after that, start looking and or seek out where you might have gone. Because it seems that this time they didn't actually see you so much as just the traces of you. And you disappearing, they may have thought you took a little bit more of a right turn and are trying to keep pace with you. So it's not so much as they've seen you hide, so much as they're just trying to try to keep a distance, but keep pace. Uh, you said the caravan leader was named Lux? Uh, Calden. Calden Wickweed. Calden Wickweed. Well, I'm going to go approach Calden. All right. And I'm going to ask him if he would be interested in circling out to the east where they had popped out from, and then adding maybe a half day to our journey. Uh, I, uh, I'd prefer to keep this as, as fast as possible. This cargo is a little more time sensitive than the usual stuff we're trying to move through here, but uh, uh, how big of a, a caravan are we seeing here? How big of a bandit gang? Or, or is it like, are they creatures? Or how big are they? Can we take them? I, I really don't know much around here. Um, how many did I see? Make a perception check. That's an 18 on the die for a 24. You are very accustomed to spotting things at long distance, uh, especially in this kind of terrain. By the amount of dust being kicked up and the style of the writing here, you're able to deduce that there are six creatures, with each one of them carrying a minimum of two riders on their backs. It is interesting, actually. You also recognize these kinds of creatures. They're known around these parts as talamanders. They are very fast, large lizards, four legs only on these. They're meant for speed, and they're meant for intercepting things. With that in mind, this is a, a moderate-sized raiding party. 
So this isn't something to necessarily sneeze at when it comes to fighting. The gangs around here are usually pretty well armed, and to be fighting a minimum of 12 is pretty dangerous. Mm-hmm. And I'll relay this information back to him. Well, uh, I, I don't want to get into a fight like that. That's Getting the cargo there late is better than not getting into there at all, all right? All right, we're going to double back. We're going to try to catch him, see if we can avoid this conflict altogether. We can't afford to lose this. All right, men, get up, get ready, let's go. And as they begin to kind of gather their, gather themselves and turn around and start heading back around to uh, a much more semicircle position to add that day to their journey, you see Calden just kind of give a nod to you. And, you know, Humball, we do appreciate you. You're doing a lot for us. Please, my good sir. I'm sure you've heard the tales of myself and my mercenary company. We will do anything at all possible to avoid any sort of conflict. I don't know much of your your company or or who you are. I, you know, I just I don't think you anyway. I'm sure they're all great and good good scouts like you, but yeah, great. I just... it, it is not that we are great. It is that we are the greatest. And Humval proceeds to devolve into a very very obvious lie of how great he is. You know what? Uh, you you get the sense that uh, as he's listening to you that he's he's been around these parts quite a long time and you know, some of the things you're saying he's like, "Oh yeah, this guy's this guy's making it up. There's no way he did that." Uh, interesting. Uh, that's that's real cool. I don't think you did that, but uh, sure, okay. But in the end, uh, the day goes by mostly uneventful you do see the kind of cloud of uh dust that was that small bandit gang itself kind of disappear into the west you seem to have lost them and they seem to be at least trying to pursue you a little faster in a uh, in their duped sense of where you were going uh the night begins to close in at this time and you're at this point having added a day to a day and a half of or a half day to a day's journey before you, you still have about another half day before you get to the border crossing Beverain. Uh, the caravans begin to circle up, all of them beginning to just kind of make night nightly preparations, bringing out food and rations. And it's at this time, everyone just kind of meets around the center to share a meal. You, as active scout, are given your food first and are immediately sent back to post to keep an eye out for anything. All right. Would you like to make another perception check? Why, yes, I would. It's Humval's... It is. No. It is his second best skill. <laughs> Out of curiosity, what is his first? Uh, his first is his stealth, as he often had to run away from his his uh, his mother to escape her wrath at a plus seven. <laughs> oh, yes. You were one of those. Uh, survival of necessity, I suppose. Uh, survival by lack of belting. That is what it was. That's fair. All right. So as you take up your position, where in the caravan? These are covered wagons, right? They're cloth covers? Correct. All right, so on top of them is a bad idea, so I'm I'm guessing we probably nestled somewhere between a dune, hopefully. Uh-huh. Usually in kind of the valley in between of them. Yep, so I'll I'll take a post up on top. And your perception check was a what again? A 22. In the dying light, you feel around you the uh, temperature drop significantly. You luckily, having your lovely mane of fur do not 
feel the adverse effects of such a cold and sharp drop in the temperature, and it becomes quickly comfortable for you even more so than in the heat. But amongst these, your cat eyes are sharp as ever. And even in the dying light, you see coming from the same direction that you saw them disappear to, another dust cloud beginning to head in your general direction, not necessarily beelining it towards you, but a little bit farther to like the northwest of you or northeast of you. Did the caravaneers set up any campfires? They did actually in the center. All right, I'm going to go over and I'm going to snuff that out. All right. You see one guy who's just like ladling a uh, fresh spoonful of soup into his bowl. You just come over and just like kick the fire down or kick sand in it. Or, or like, how do you do that? I come over and I just tell everyone that uh, lights out. Someone is approaching. At that, they definitely begin to uh, assist you in putting out the fires. There's a few lamps on the entrances to the uh caravans themselves those are immediately snuffed uh and as the fire smolders and turns to ash you return to your position i suppose yep i tell them to first grab torches all right do not light them but uh prepare to use them and if you have bows and spears gather those as well you do see several of them begin to go get their makeshift arms and take up positions kind of behind wagon wheels and behind various outcroppings of rock just to see if they can kind of get a peek at what's coming next. And there's kind of an air of uh, nervousness beginning to take the men. But as you return to your dune and you look, you do see the smoke trail coming closer. But it's interesting. They do seem to be about a half a mile above you like to your right and there's a chance they're probably gonna pass you by you snuffed most of the evidence of you being there out before they could have gotten a a clean eye on where you might have gone to but they seem to be hunting for you they did not take kindly to their sudden cash disappearing into thin air so they know you went somewhere but they're not exactly sure where is there anything else you're going to do to try to hide, or are you just going to wait and see what they do? Humval will wait and see what they're going to do. The dust cloud does pass by you. It disappears further and further now to the east, and just kind of eventually hits the horizon in that line of dark and light in the twilight, and just vanishes. After about another hour of tense waiting, you're fairly certain they have no idea where you went, and they most certainly could not find any trace of you. You have to wake up early in the day to find and catch Humbal. Yep, I'll I'll plod my way down there and let them know that they have passed, and they are none the wiser to our deceptions. Ah, that's good here. Oh, good golly. I, I cannot believe people are foolish enough not to hire some of you. <laughs> You scouts really do your work. Well, they're not foolish for long. (laughs) That's fair. Alright, are we free to make up some fires, or are we just gonna have to go in at dark tonight? I would say, probably keep the lights out, just in case they have a straggler. Alright, alright boys, get to bed. We'll leave early tomorrow. 
See if we can get out of this horrific place. Get back to where there's civilization. All right. And with that, he makes his way to the lead caravan and just kind of opens the flaps, disappears inside, and most of them begin to do the same. The one other person to you who is kind of the scout slash guard begins to approach you. All right. You've taken your watch. Let me take the other half. Get some shut-eye. Absolutely. May you stay warm tonight, my friend. You see him, like, tighten up the cloak around his, like, three layers of jackets, and... Yeah, I know, it's, it gets bitterly cold out here at night. I'm surprised my bones aren't ice, but you know what? <sighs> I'll do my best. Probably gonna walk around the fire or whatever remains of it. Just catch a little bit more of those embers. Settle in. Shiver if you have to. But do not light the fire. He nods in eager agreement to that. And with that, you just go to sleep? No, I don't. <laughs> what do you do? Uh, is there only one dune here, or is there another one? You're in a valley between two of them. I'm going to scale the other one, and I'm going to hide from my fellow uh, guard scout. Make a stealth check. Hmm. 21. 21. As you kind of disappear behind a caravan, you see him just kind of like look over to where you kind of went. After you find the nice, quiet darkened space in the shadow of the dune you sit down and you just see his head just kind of turning around and looking around and seems to have lost you then it is good i will keep an extra two hours watch before i turn in for the night perfect make a perception check that is a total of 25 total of 25 okay as you were sitting there looking and taking watch you notice Jaminson, the other guard who's been posted there. You see him kind of look around, wait, wait for about an hour. And you see him get up from the center and take one of the torches off of one of the caravans nearby. And as he does, you see him walk outside the ring of the caravan, light it, and then toss it onto a nearby bush. And you see him quickly move his way back to the uh, center of the caravan and kind of wait, looking around. So as soon as Jameson goes over and grabs that torch, Mm -hmm. I'm going to start approaching him. Okay. Uh, Before he lights it even? Before he lights it. Why is he grabbing the torch? Okay, interesting. Well, as as he grabs a torch and turns around and sees two cat eyes approaching. Does he? Uh, are you making it brazen? Oh, no. I I don't know what he's doing, but he doesn't need to know that I don't know what he's doing. Okay, well, he grabs the torch and begins to make his way towards the outside of the caravan, lighting it as he goes. So he's lighting it? Attempting to. At the moment, he has kind of a, a flint and a piece of rock in his hand. He's trying to clack it together as he does over the uh, dry tinder. As he's trying to light it, Humval is going to pull out his hand crossbow and load it. It's beginning to catch as you do that, and the torch just kind of into life as he begins to walk outside of the caravan. All right, so he's out of the caravan circle with the torch lit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to shoot him. Roll to attack. That is a total of 17. 
17. As you release the bolt, it kind of... And you just see him suddenly grab his shoulder and turn around and look around really quickly. He turns around and he, he grabs his shoulder and he looks at you and he's, his eyes dart wildly and... What are you... What's that for? Well, first off, I'd like to see if he survived the shot. Uh, I mean, roll damage. That is a six, and my because I'm a rogue, I get a a d6 of sneak attack damage. Right, right. I forgot about for a total of twelve. Your bolt found its place, and in that moment, you see him hit the ground but you see him flip over really quickly, kind of like putting the torch up. He is hurt, but not dead. And as he's just like grasping, you look up and you see that the actual tip of the bolt has come out like near his clavicle. And you see him just kind of grasping it and holding it up right at you, the torch and just, what What are you doing? What was that? I told you no fire and you directly disobeyed me and put this entire camp at risk he's biting through the pain as he looks at you and and you see him throw the torch down and kind of snuff it as best as he can into the ground and kind of twist it all right all right fire's out all right are we are we good we had best be Mistakes like this cost lives. All right. All right. All right. All right. Just get me back in there. Get this thing out of me. And do you assist him? I do assist him. As he kind of reaches up and grabs around your your head and just kind of starts limping back, breathing heavily. Does a nine hit? A nine does not hit. You see that in his right hand, he had pulled a dagger from his side. And as he begins to wrap his arm around you to accept the invitation, you see him try to jab the dagger very quickly into your chest. But you, of course, being much too smart for him and not taking off any armor before attempting to go to bed, it just finds your armor plate in the center and ticks off harmlessly. And he looks very wide-eyed at that and looks at you just for a moment in a moment of, shoot. Mistakes like yours lead to lives lost in the Sandlands as I extend my claws. All right, all right, all right, all right. He drops the dagger. Natural 20. Okay. Uh, Roll damage. Uh, That is a four on the die. Double it. Okay, so that is a total of 11 slashing damage. You see an opening to end this man. How do you take it? Well, you said I had um, kind of brought his arm over my head mm-hmm. as he tried to jab at my side. Well, that means I have a, a, an arm supporting him, so I just extend my claws and I dig it into his back and I just rake straight down. You feel the bolt itself as your hand rakes down his back and it kind of catches for a moment and you feel it itself kind of drug through his back as well in a moment you see his back just arch 
in pain, and he looks at you just for a moment before his eyes begin to lull, and you see him slump down to the ground, and he is no longer breathing. Such a shame. Well, I'll lay him down, and I will check his pockets. Roll an investigation check. Uh, 12. 12. So, in looking through his pockets, you do find a cred stick with 50 creds on it, a dagger, the one that he had used to try to stab you with. And with a 12, you do actually find a coin, which is kind of odd because there's not a lot of currency going about here. But the coin has an insignia on it, and it is of three broken chains. You recognize this. This is a symbol of the free merchants. Hmm. Said so the lead's name was Calden? Calden. Calden. With this coin in hand, go straight to Calden's tent. You enter it, and he's quietly asleep in a very cattywampus angle that you are sure he's going to feel when he wakes up. Well, he's not going to feel that stiff as I put a paw on his chest and I rouse him. <laughs> uh, what's going on? Is everything okay? I take the coin and I grab his hand and I press it into his palm. In a moment of recognition, his eyes kind of dart to you. What does this mean? Jameson, he's dead. Uh, oh, oh. Oh, what? 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 What happened? What, what's going on? Who killed him? What, what, I it? killed him, but one, he directly disobeyed me and tried to light a torch while on shift. All right, and the other reason? He tried to stab me. Ah, uh, and I take it this coin came from him. Yes. So that's how the uh, the gangs were following us. They had a man on the inside. Uh, well, it is a shame, I have to say. But you know what? You said he was trying to light a torch? He's probably trying to signal the rest of them then. More than likely. Hmm. Well, Humval, you've proven to be more than just a scout, but a good detective at that. Well, thanks for this. Get some sleep. I will take another shift. Are you sure? Because I, I can get someone else to cover you, honestly. Uh, you already done so much, honestly. This, this is a lot. To be fair, the adrenaline is pumping right now, and I could not sleep a wink if I wanted to. I feel that. <laughs> I know the adrenaline when a man tries to stab you. You see him just kind of like unravel one of the uh, things around his neck and you see this deep cut that goes through about like the back of his neck to his clavicle. Like, yeah, you, you don't really go back to sleep after something like that. No, but in the meanwhile, I will gather his things and I will dispose of his body. All right. Well, you know, I, I do appreciate it. I admit, Jamison was just a last-minute grab on the way out. He was quite, uh, quite eager to join us up. I thought he was just going to be young and, you know, looking for work, trying to get some experience out there. I had no idea he was a mole. All right, well, 
Get back on watch then, and uh, see you in the morning, barring anything else going wrong. If something else goes wrong tonight, everyone will be awake. And you just see him flop back over, seemingly to fall asleep. All right, and I will leave. All right, do you return to watch? Uh, I first return to James's body. All right. I strip everything off of him that's worth salvaging. Which would mostly consist of most of his armor, right? It's, it's like hide piecemealed armor. It doesn't seem like it would be worth much. It, it was more like homemade almost, which most of the things in the Southern Sandlands are. This seems to have been something of his own design. So nothing. It might fetch a few credits, but nothing much more. Something is better than nothing. And, well, he's not getting his pay in the, in the end anyways. This is true. I'll also go double check that torch to make sure it's fully snuffed. It, it was definitely snuffed. He, at that moment, was trying to play his card of, you've caught me. So he wasn't going to be trying to pull any sleight of hands at that time. Yeah, uh, he done goofed. Well done keeping a wary eye out, though. While you return to your watch, the rest of the night goes by quietly, without any incident. The morning comes and the heat with it. And you see everyone begin to rouse, wake up. Some of them begin to take stock of their their beasts, put out feed, water them. Everyone else getting ready and getting up onto the caravans. You do notice one of them just kind of make their way over to uh, Kaladin and just... You seen uh, Jameson everywhere? He doesn't seem to be around. You see Kaladin just kind of nod knowingly to you and shoo him away and you're taken care of let's move and with that you all begin to once again get onto your uh, various steeds and i'd like one more perception check before you leave one more all right rolling that is a 13 on the die for a 19 19 all right as you begin to make your way through the rest of the Sandlands, you don't see anything of consequence. Although, you do hear something and feel something on your right shoulder kind of exit out from the uh, covered wagon behind you. And just something taps your shoulder. And I look back at it. Looking back, you see through the waving flaps of the uh, fabric that keep the inside of these caravans you do see what looks to be a, a cloaked old man on the inside and you see him kind of point a withered finger at you and just kind of motion to come inside I'll, I'll, I'll crawl inside why not all right when you crawl inside you see there is actually a table set inside this particular caravan and you notice that at this table there is a lot of very rare food that you hadn't expected previously there's these apples and pears, pears, those what those are called. And you just see kind of bowls of fruit laid out in front of him. Some of them eaten, some of them not. And you hadn't heard it before, but you've traveled in several caravans before. And you can assume this is one of the uh, cargoes that they're carrying at the moment. And the old man doesn't seem to be per se... Uh, intimidated by anything 
but he's wearing quite nice robes, and he seems to be more of the uh, richer type than you're used to. But in his sallowed features, you do see snow-blind eyes staring back at you, pupilless, watching you. As he kind of takes his seat at the other end of the table, he motions you to the chair on the other end. And I'll take it. As you sit down, the old man grabs a pair and tosses it to you. I catch it, and I just spend a moment to ponder at the name of this bizarre fruit, because it's obviously a single, and I don't understand why it's considered a pear. <laughs> well, as you dig into it as well, uh, you see the old man interlace his fingers and set his chin upon them. And he opens his mouth and speaks. I saw what you did yesterday. And it interested me quite a bit, you know. If you saw me yesterday, then that means you are the only one who did. I would imagine so. I'm not one who uses eyes to see, per se. Although, what I saw was interesting. Unexpected, I should say, from someone who I take it has been raised in such a brutal and uh, unforgiving landscape. A show of mercy. I did not understand what he was doing entirely at first, but I do know that he directly disobeyed me. That he did, that he did. And it seems with your uh, amount of experience, you could have only assumed that something so egregiously strange could only mean trouble. And so you acted. But even in your acts, you acted without malicious destruction of the thing you desired to uh, confront. Usually a crossbow bolt is enough to dissuade the stupid. This is true. But I must say, most people, having found the crossbow bolt, not enough to quite dissuade one from the very life that is within their lungs, usually follows it very quickly with another one to make sure that is uh, persuasive enough. You did not, however, and this is what interests me. The first bolt got stuck. I am not getting it back. I did not wish to lose a second one. But you helped him up. You began to make your way back to camp. Why would you do that? Because I wished to make myself vulnerable. To see if he would take the chance. And to see if I would be justified in him no longer living. And if you found that he was in fact innocently going out and did not make an action upon you, what then? Would you have assisted in healing him? Asked for forgiveness? I would have knocked him out and tied him up. Oh. And left him in a caravan. Well. Alive, nonetheless. Of course, he is not my employee. Though your methods would have been a little more rough than I would have expected. They are, in the end, less lethal at the same time. You fight from the shadows. 
and it is very interesting to see this kind of heart around here. Your name was... Humval, correct? Yes, with not so many vowels, though. It is just Humval. Ah, my apologies. This old head of mine sometimes swims with various letters that don't exactly match with my mouth. Now, uh, to the main reason I summoned you back here. I am not the thing they are transporting to Everrain. I've paid more for the thing in my possession than I have myself. Though I do have my uses and my goals in Hopal eventually, perhaps. The real reason I'm going is because I was told that upon my journey, I would run across someone who showed mercy in an event that would confound me. And you, my friend, have done such a thing. You are most welcome. To add upon this confusing uh, task of mine, I have been tasked with an equally confusing ending to this. As he pulls out from beneath his uh, cloak this, like, ragged bunch of papers kind of taped and tied and knotted together in various pieces of a makeshift spine and he begins to stand up and walk it over and he hands it to you and Humval delicately grabs it because it looks like it's about to fall apart and interestingly enough as you grab it several of the pages almost seem to fall off for a moment before kind of sliding back into place and he he looks at you and to be honest, I don't know much about anything about it. I was told when I found the man who confounded me to hand it to him. And after that, I was to continue upon my journey to Hopal, and I would find fortune if I did this correctly. And with that, I honestly do not know what to do next. I've tried to read it. It doesn't make sense. I've tried to translate it. I can't. And you know what? I'm kind of glad to get it out of my possession. Uh, that's about it. Take whatever fruit you want, but I have really nothing else for you. That was about all I'm here for. I, I didn't even know you were going to be the thing I was here for. So I, here I am rambling as an old man. My apologies. Well, um, I... It is most certainly a bizarre thing. And uh, can I roll an investigation on it? Yes, go for it. And that's a 12. 12. You try to make heads or tails of it, and you cannot. It seems to be made in almost every language known. Some of the symbols you don't recognize, others you do, but not in the context that they're used. And it, no part of it seems to make sense. This is uh, baffling, but I appreciate it nonetheless. And Humval's eyes are just transfixed to this mishmash of nonsense that he's flipping back and forth in his hands. Okay. As he hands it to you and begins to make his way back and sits, sits down again, grabs an apple and begins to chew through it with whatever teeth he has left, he just shakes his head and 
This is one of the strangest things I've ever done. I hope it serves you well. Whatever it's worth. Indeed. Also, I will be taking the other half of the pair just so that I can have peace of mind. Uh, very well. There is the pairs. But it's a pair. Ah, ah, yeah. <laughs> I see. Yes, very well. You may take another one. I, I understand the confusion. Like, who does this? It does not make... I, I'm leaving before I can find myself more. Thank you, my good sir. As you return to your post, the rest of the day goes by without issue. You find yourself crossing the uh, border into Everrain. You see Hopal about a day and a half later traveling through Everrain. The change in climate is traumatic, to say the least, almost. After passing through, you see your first clouds in a very long time. And shortly after, a drizzle. And then rain. A lot of rain. So much rain, you often have to take shelter within one of the caravans just to be able to see in any direction. For a little bit without getting horribly uncomfortable in the amount of water pouring from the sky. But with that, you see Hopal on the far horizon, beginning to crest. A new opportunity, perhaps. Your mission, if you want to call it that. And an interesting bump along the way in a piece of a puzzle added to the confusion of it all. I think we know Humval a little better through this. And I believe Humval is very confused why it only rains here and never in the Sandlands. You know, that would be great character development to research the local weather. If I can't bottle it up and just shove it over there. <laughs> One could only hope. <laughs> All right. And with that, is there anything else you'd like to add to Humval or the end of it to see what it is that you would... uh? like everyone to know before we begin ah uh, no i believe that this is as good as i can you know describe to people umval and how he's going to be playing his role in the story perfect all right then with that the character humval joins our story coming ever closer to ever rain where our story begins